Hello and welcome to the Room of Lives. I am your host, Neil. Can you imagine what your life would be like if the sounds you heard automatically evoked experiences of color or touch? I'm talking about synesthesia, which is a rare neurological condition where the different senses bleed into each other. There are many different kinds of synesthesia. For someone who is a synesthete, letters or numbers may appear as specific colors, or a spatial map of numbers might involuntarily appear in the mind any time they think of a number. Today, you'll hear Ryan Hannigan, a fellow PhD student in my physics department, give a talk that I organized describing his form of synesthesia where sounds cause different sensations such as color, touch, and emotion. He shares how he found out that he has synesthesia, what it is like to live with it, its connection with psychedelics, and he even takes us on a vivid tour of what each of the musical notes evoke in his senses. If you enjoy visiting the Room of Lives, consider donating Ether, Dai, or other Ethereum-based coins to abhranil.eth. That's A-B-H-R-A-N-I-L dot E-T-H. Ryan, uh, and I'm, yeah, I know, it's crazy, it says it right there, uh, and I'm here to talk about synesthesia, which also is right there. So, firstly, actually, thank you very much for coming out here, I know it's Friday, and it's super nice outside, and you probably, you know, were on the edge about coming, so I appreciate it, and also, thank you very much to Neil for inviting me to give this talk, because uh, I definitely wouldn't have done it otherwise, but I think I learned a lot while making this talk, and this leads perfectly into my disclaimer, I am not an expert on synesthesia at all. Um, I'm not a neuroscientist, I'm not a doctor. Uh, the only thing I can say is I have some form of synesthesia, and within the three to four hours of research that I put into this, hopefully you guys can learn something about it as well. Okay? We're good so far? Also, please, uh, if I say anything really weird or crazy, or you uh, uh, just want to yell at me, do it because this is supposed to be pretty informal and conversational from what I've heard, and I like those kinds of talks. I don't want to just be up here blabbering about for, you know, 30-some-odd minutes. Will you see colors if we yell? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, but that's a spoiler, so you, you, that's, that's, that's not fair. Uh, but so first things first, what is synesthesia? Uh, according to Wikipedia, it is the production of a sense impression relating to one sense or part of the body by stimulation of another sense or part of the body. So in layman terms, it means that your senses are kind of all fused together and maybe you, uh, you smell colors or you taste words. And it's actually not all that uncommon. One in 20 people, roughly, is uh, uh, probably synesthetic. I didn't cite this because I uh, didn't open the paper. I just kind of believed it uh, and you know, wouldn't recommend. Um, so there are two overall forms of synesthesia. The first is projective, which means that you actually see colors forms or shapes when you get stimulated. So somebody with projective synesthesia, maybe when they hear a piano, they actually see the color orange projected out into space. 
Uh, and then there's associative synesthesia, where you feel a very powerful and involuntary connection between the actual stimulus and the sense that it triggers. So going back to that piano example, someone just would probably think that pianos sound orange if they had associative synesthesia. Or when they heard a piano, they just thought very strongly of the color orange, but they didn't actually see it floating around in space. There are very, very, very many types of synesthesia. Uh, depending on who you ask, we either have five or 21 senses. Uh, anywhere in between is probably right. Uh, and I'm only going to be talking about a very small portion, so namely the ones that I have and the ones that I find most interesting. Uh, but they all seem pretty neat to me. Wait, so, uh, what's up? You say we have, there are between five and 21 types of synesthesia? Or oh, no, no, five to 21 senses. So the five are the basic that we think of when I, like when a human being, you know, when I say five senses, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But then I Googled it and there's some uh, other senses that have been published up to 21, uh, but they're, they have very complicated names. In and humans? Yes, in humans, yes. Ah. Uh, not, not, not animals, <laughs> yeah. There are, there are more and less depending on the animal that you're talking about. But for human beings, the max I saw was 21, uh, which gives you a whole lot of types of synesthesia you could have. Uh, so the first synesthesia that I'm going to talk about is grapheme color synesthesia, and this is actually probably the most commonly portrayed in, you know, in movies and books and things like this. Um, so it means that individual letters and numbers are colored. So someone who had associative synesthesia would just say, oh yeah, A is red, or 5 is purple, and it's just because they associated those things together very strongly and they don't know why. Um, someone with projective synesthesia, however, when they actually looked at this word synesthesia, they might actually see the letters kind of glisten with the color that they associate it with. Uh, and this is actually super spooky to me, because I would be freaked out like 90% of the time if this was happening. Uh, spoiler, I don't have this type of synesthesia. <laughs> uh, another type is chromesthesia. So the first thing about it, it does have the coolest name. Uh, it's like the only one I've seen where it's kind of been combined into one thing, which I like. Uh, and it's pretty, you know, intuitive. It just means that if I hear something, it automatically evokes a sense of color. So it's often associated with something called perfect pitch. So does everyone here know what perfect pitch is? No one? Okay. Ah, okay. So, so perfect pitch is a condition where if you hear a note, you automatically know what it is. So if you hear a musical note, you know what it is with absolutely no reference. So you didn't have to hear something before and get told what it was. Someone could just play a note or sing a note, and you'd be able to know what it was without a reference. And this per version of synesthesia is highly idiosyncratic. So actually grapheme, um, I can't just go back a single slide, I'm sorry. But grapheme color synesthesia, the one with all the characters, it actually turns out that a lot of people think that A is red. And A is like red for people with projective synesthesia and associative synesthesia. But for chromesthesia, it's completely different. What's up? So is it sort of a one-to-one, -one, so A will always be red for people who have grapheme yes. color? Yes, yes. Uh, well, no, no, not in the sense that, like, it varies from person to person, but throughout their entire life. So, person who has uh, uh, grapheme color synesthesia, they will always think A is red, right? It won't be, like, the next day they think A is blue or A is green or whatever, because then that's just, you know, you deciding what A is. What if they learn to write in a new script? In a new script. So, this is, it, it's a grapheme. So, graphemes are characters, and it's not actually the letter itself, but the character. So when it, and it could be different for capital A or lowercase a as well. Like capital A could be red and lowercase a could be light brown or something. Uh, so it's it's very very like specific to the character. Uh, but so this is 
This varies very much from person to person. So this is the example on Wikipedia, and this is a piano, and each of the notes have a different color, and I'm assuming they just kind of survey somebody and says, oh, what color is C? Oh, it's red. What color is D? Oh, it's or C sharp. Uh, it's pink, and D is yellow, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but this varies a lot from person to person. Uh, and also, this is a picture that Neil put up. I hadn't seen this before, but I really like it, so I felt like I had to put it up here a second time, because uh, this was on the advertisement for the uh, talk, and I'm just like, that looks cool. I work hard. Yeah. <laughs> Again, can we give Neil? Can we give Neil a round of applause, please? Because he honestly, like, he put in a lot of effort here, and this was something that I didn't expect. Also, I gave him a really bad title for the talk, and he just completely changed it into something. <laughs> without my consent or anything, and I'm just like, that is fantastic. Please always do that for me. Uh, so. Another type of synesthesia is called lexical gustatory synesthesia. So this one's very interesting. So if you hear a certain word, it causes you to experience certain flavors. So someone without lexical gustatory synesthesia would say that tasted spicy. But someone with lexical gustatory synesthesia would say that tasted spicy. <laughs> Don't worry, it gets worse. Next one's worse. Uh, this one's called mere touch synesthesia. So I, probably you guys have heard of this or maybe experiments very closely related to this. Uh, I don't know how I heard of this before, but what it basically is is if you see someone else get touched, you feel that touch. And this is very common, like a lot of guys probably experience this, like if you ever see a YouTube video of somebody getting kicked in the groin, maybe you feel like, oh man, oh. I think we all have this in this video. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's, I would say, a very weak form, but I think, what's up? How is that different from just memory association? Like the first time you get kicked in the balls, you know? Because uh, this is, I think this, this is more of a genuine feeling, right? And I think that the people that actually have mirror touch synesthesia, uh, their brain scans, and this, the only study I've read actually was like one person and eight people that didn't have it, and the one person who had it when he watched people get touched, he had a completely different um, brain scan. Obviously, I'm, you know, like I said, not an expert, uh, but it was a completely different response when he saw somebody get touched or saw somebody get poked or something like that. So it isn't just a memorization of like what that felt like, like what it feels to get touched, because when I do this, I don't think anybody's in the Anyone? <laughs> Do you feel this? Uh, but yeah, but that was a good question. And that kind of is, gets back to something that you and I have talked about a lot, which is, what is this thing? Um, I feel your pain, bro. Uh, has a completely different meaning. And also, this is not as much of a joke, but people that do have mirror touch synesthesia are highly empathetic. They couldn't find, most people that have this thing are also very capable of feeling emotional pain from other people as well. Um, and it's not about touching mirrors, and this is why I said it got <laughs> uh, Number form, this is actually the, the weirdest one to me, but I had to include it because I love numbers. Uh, basically what happens when you think of numbers, like when I think of numbers, I probably think of like the X, Y axis or something like that, and just kind of numbers living there. Um, but people with number form, when they think of numbers, this thing kind of gets projected out into space. Not this thing specifically, but just kind of a map between all of the numbers that you think about normally. And some of the interesting features of this thing is that if you look at the 12, it kind of looks like a clock right there, like the 12 is at the top of the clock. And then similarly here, he kind of forced the 12 to be at the top of the clock. I said he, it's probably a she because women are more likely to have synesthesia than men. Uh, but since because maps. Uh, and this is my favorite type of synesthesia, called Ordinal Linguistic Personification, or OLP. And all this is is um, you associate maybe a number or a weekday or a month with a personality. So in other words, twos might be evil, 
Or January's might be a rambunctious child who is always getting in trouble from the older monks or something like that. It can get very, uh, very specific. And I was reading a lot of stuff where people were describing these things and they had paragraph long things just to describe, you know, Thursday. And it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. I think that everyone might do this to some extent and it might be more uh, kind of forced on society. Like nobody likes Mondays, right? But it's because we usually have to go to work on Mondays and we just got done with the weekend. So this is like a nice kind of borderline between actual synesthesia and something that might be more of a societal thing. Uh, and then the last type that I'm going to talk about is called auditory tactile synesthesia. And it kind of is what it sounds like. Uh, certain sounds can create a sensation in the skin without being touched. So if you hear some musical note, you might feel hot or it might feel kind of grainy or cold or something like that. Uh, and you really feel the music. And this is the last type of thing that I'm going to do with uh, this. So we're good. Uh, what's up? Oh, oh, thank you. Yeah, Alex, my, he, he taught me everything I know about making puns. Uh, so I'd like to attribute. If you didn't like them, don't hurt me. Hurt him. And if you did like them, congratulate me. So um, when you hear a beautiful harmony and it raises goosebumps on your arm, how about so, something different? I, I don't know enough to know to say that for sure. I think that uh, that could be possible, um, but so a spoiler: I do have auditory tactile synesthesia, and oh, I have uh, for some notes I have it, and I would describe it as a very very specific feeling. So it's beyond just something that kind of gives me goosebumps yeah, yeah. or raises yeah. a, uh, raises the hairs on my neck. Uh, it's a very specific thing, and we're, I'm going to get more into that as I talk about me specifically. Um, but there, for the other types of synesthesia, there are uh, a lot. So if there are only five senses, then there can only be 26 types of synesthesia. But if there are 21 senses, uh, there can be a lot. Uh, so I'm not going to be talking about them, and I'm done with all the descriptions. Um, but most of them don't have a name at all. It would just be, oh, you have this sense and this sense and this sense and this sense mixed together. Uh, and, or it might just be sense, 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 synesthesia. Uh, I have no idea. But... They're also not very well documented, so I covered most of the uh, most popular ones. So now we're getting to the weird part of the talk, which is the stuff that goes on inside my brain. And uh, it's going to be difficult. I did the best that I could. Um, but if you guys have any questions or anything that you want answered, please let me know. And I just, that was kind of redundant. Any questions and anything you want answered? Come on, Ryan. Uh, so what about me? Well, I have some combination of chromesthesia and auditory tactile synesthesia. And as I mentioned or earlier, maybe some OLP, but I think everyone does to some degree, but maybe that's just me. Uh, and basically it means stuff happens in my brain when I hear things. And it's all mostly associative synesthesia, and I'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, so for a quick story time about how I kind of know that I have synesthesia, uh, so I've been taking piano lessons for maybe about five or six years by the time that I turned 11, and then I started taking guitar lessons. And within the first, um, first maybe three months of me taking guitar lessons, I was doing interval training with my, uh, with my guitar teacher. And all the music theory stuff I did for my piano lessons was all on a workbook. So we never actually talked about these things. It was just like, it was like a tax workbook, and it was colored, and it was like really, really boring. Um, but then I started taking guitar lessons, and we did interval training, and I had to turn around and guess what the interval was, like a major third or a minor third or something like that. And my guitar teacher played a C and an A. And I said, oh, that's a C and an A, but I didn't know that it was a minor third. I just knew it was a C and an A. And my guitar teacher was like, how did you know that? I was like, 
doesn't, doesn't everyone know this? Because all the way up until that point in my life, I had thought that everyone could do this because no one had talked about it and I had no reason to assume otherwise. Like, no one is, uh, uh, it seems everyone is insanely good at music around me and they're all really good at piano and they're good at, especially my piano teacher at the time, she could like play stuff by ear really, really well. So I just assumed that she also could, just when she heard a note, she could play it instantly. Uh, turns out that's not the case, and uh, my guitar teacher said, oh, you might have perfect pitch. And that's uh, uh, what I mentioned earlier. And uh, so he told my parents about that. And then roughly like three or four months later, I'm in a psychiatrist for a completely different reason uh, for ADHD. And I kind of offhandedly mentioned this thing to my psychiatrist, and he says, oh, you probably have synesthesia. And that's my origin story, and I've had it ever since, and I had it before then, and that's really it. But I have been diagnosed, but this was like, uh, you know, there's not much about it. It's not harmful in any way. You don't take drugs for it. Uh, it just kind of happens. So about the perfect pitch, I'm going to do a demonstration just so maybe you believe uh, that I can do what I say that I can do. And for that, I'm gonna have my wonderful girlfriend, Elena. Uh, I, can't, I can't talk, saying the word girl. Uh, <laughs> no. uh, but, so what she's gonna do is she's gonna play a note on this piano here and have it uh, projected up to you guys. Uh, and then I'm just gonna be facing that way and we'll do maybe five notes and I'll just tell her what the notes are, okay? Uh, and this is, this is what perfect pitch is, but not necessarily what synesthesia is. Okay. okay, I don't play the piano, so y'all will have to help me with this. <laughs> not a good person for this. A. D. B flat. Uh, F sharp, sorry. Uh, D. A again. Oh, sorry. No, it's all right. We've already So, as you can see, I'm actually faster at some than I am at other others, and I'm going to explain why I can do that in the next couple of slides. How do we know you've not rehearsed this? So after, after this talk, I invite anyone to do it, and I can also do two notes at a time every single time. It just takes me a little bit longer, and then three notes at a time if you sat there with me for five minutes. I could do it. It's just really hard for me to separate out my brain. Um, so for a quick explanation, uh, like I said, I have auditory tactile synesthesia and chromesthesia, which means when I hear those notes, there's something being projected in my brain. It's not actually, I said projected, which was probably the wrong term to use because I mentioned projective synesthesia. This is mostly associative synesthesia. But when I hear these notes, something happens and I'm just able to be like, oh, that's a C or that's a G because that thing happened in my brain. Uh, so it's memorization, but not of the sound of the note, but of the color that it kind of represents or the feeling that it represents. So when you hear a certain note, there's, there's some color associated with that, and that's yes. what is helping you yes. zero in on the yeah. pitch. It is, but it is not just oh, okay. color, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, so what these next 12 slides are going to be is each of the notes on a piano, and what happens, My the best artist's rendition, and I'm the artist, which... Uh, is the worst possible thing, um, but is the best representation I could give of what happens inside of my brain when I hear those things, okay? So this is a C, and it's very cloudy, and the best way I could describe it is if you imagine that you were flying through, like literally flying through the clouds, so this is, it's very dynamic, I couldn't, I didn't want to put an animation because that would take too much time, but imagine what you would see as you were flying through the clouds, and also imagine what you would feel, 
It is very wet and cold. Um, best way, and that's kind of the auditory tactile synesthesia part of it. So C sharp is yellow and grainy like sand, and it's imagine how you would feel if you just you know took off all your clothes and rolled around in sand. Basically, that that's the best way. It is these two feelings aren't they're not that strong, and that's kind of why I say it's more associative. And maybe it was stronger when I was younger, and I'm just remembering what it feels like. I'm not entirely sure. So Ryan, what's up? Are you feeling it now? Yes. Even though you're talking and yes. concentrating on doing yes. something else. Yes. So we'll Sorry. talk. We'll talk about. We'll talk about the side effects of synesthesia <laughs> in some, in some time. Um, so this is a D. It is just red, and that's all I can say. It has no personality. Has nothing. It's just straight up red. Uh, it's kind of hard for me to pick out because uh, it is so boring for me. Um, and that's kind of why when she played the Ds, I was a little bit longer. What's up? So when you play a D, do you want to start a fight with somebody? Yes. No. No, because D is not angry. And we'll talk about this actually, because uh, we're going to get to a we're going to get to a note, and people are going to be confused. Um, but we're going to get to this note, and it's very confusing. So, so this is E flat, okay? And the best way I can describe it is that uh, it is brown and orange, like, and it's constantly like. Uh, as if you were looking at the surface of a cliff as you were falling, and I also kind of get a feeling like I'm losing my stomach. And the best way to describe that feeling would be if you were in a VR of a roller coaster and it went down. So you're not like actually experiencing, you know, what's up? I'm sorry, I should have interrupted that, but can you no. generate these with your own voice? No, no, I cannot. Um, but I can sing them, uh, sing these notes. So that's also a great question, and I think it has to kind of do with what Lanny's question was as well, in some in some weird way about focus, uh, which is. So do you have any other colors that or sounds that evoke motion? Just E flat. <laughs> <laughs> so so the, I mean, as I mentioned before, the uh, the uh, oh, uh, oh oh god. What have I done? <laughs> I've ruined the slide. Um, but as I, as I mentioned before, uh, the sea was cloudy and there was motion associated with it, but not like a physical thing. I'm not feeling it. I'm just seeing kind of what you would do and then the feeling of the wetness and the coldness. And then the C sharp as well, where it's kind of, you know, if you think of like Brownian motion with the, with the, uh, the grains of sand or something like that, and then the feeling rolling around in it. Um, but E flat is very weird uh, in that it's like a much more genuine feeling. Um, but okay, we're good. <laughs> we're back. So this is E, uh, and it's just gray. And so E is also very boring for me. Um, and I think actually this is probably the most associative one. Because for people that know things about music, this C is actually the same shade as the color of the colors of C. And C and E are played together very often. It's like probably the most common major third. Like a C is the most common major key. Um, and I think maybe something's going on there with, uh, with that, but I'm not entirely sure. Like I said, I'm an expert. I'm sorry, could you explain? I didn't quite catch that. Okay, so, if we, yeah. so if we go back to the, uh, the C. Mm -hmm. uh, so this, you see the C is like gray and oh, yeah. white. And E is like the combination of those colors, but it's completely static. I don't feel anything. And C and E come together very often in music. So if there were any argument for this being like more of an associative synesthesia than anything else, and like maybe just a learned habit, um, it would be that, that this is the same color and those two notes kind of come together very often. Uh, but that's just, that's literally, like I said, I'm not an expert and I probably shouldn't have even said that because if there are people in here that know more about synesthesia than me, they might be upset with me. They're like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. 
This is an F. I couldn't animate the shaking, but it's very shaky. Um, it's also, it's in your face. Uh, and that is the best way I can describe it. It's louder than the other notes, but it's not actually loud. Uh, what's up? How do you associate, like, whatever this color is, some shade of violet with shaking? Like, oh, no, it's literally, no, no. When I say there's motion associated here, and this is like, it's like rippling or something like that, or like oscillatory. Uh, there's some motion in my brain associated with it, but not like the E-flat motion, just straight up, just the projection in my brain uh, is what happens when I see this thing. It kind of helps me discern from this guy, which the, the colors are very sim... Oh, God. Uh, the colors are very similar, but F-sharp is much more flowing and sad for me. And so the motion is completely different, but the color is the same. So is it sad... By virtue that it's a sharp or a minor, or is it sad because it's a uh, note by itself can't be a sharp or a minor, right? Uh, so that that's uh, that is not, and well, and I'll actually talk more. I'm not just like throwing you under the bus or anything like that because there is a note that is A, and it's very sad for me. Um, but when I say F sharp is sad, I just mean sadder than F, is which kind of helps me along with the the flowingness of it that helps me discern it from uh, F as well. Like I said, this is very difficult, right? Because I have stuff going on inside my brain. I'm just drawing pictures that I didn't really animate very well because I didn't animate them at all. Uh, but. So this is G. Uh, it is by far the most resonant note for me. I could pick it out of anything. So I don't know if, if you guys have probably seen um, YouTube videos of you know people that are much more talented and have much stronger synesthesia than me, where they can you can slam your hand on a keyboard and they can name every single note that they hear. I could pick out all the Gs. I could say how many Gs you're playing. Um, and uh, the rest of it would kind of be a fluff, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later. But G is very, very resonant and bright, and I just know it instantly. Um, a flat is hot, like the surface of the sun. There's not really much motion associated with it. Um, but this is a associative thing. This is not, I'd, I'd say C and C sharp are more feelings. This is, I just feel as though A flat is hot. Uh, and uh, that's really all I could say about it. It's also orange and it's kind of like, imagine fire, right? Like that's the color that's associated with it. But I don't know what came first. Uh, I can't tell you if I thought it was hot first or if I thought it was uh, orangey red first. Uh, so this is A. <laughs> So this is kind of going back to wine. It is just a, it's a natural note. Um, but also the color is yellow, but the, the word says sad. And that's kind of, you know, counterintuitive because a lot of people associate yellow with happy things like the sun and flowers and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but for me, A is just sad. I don't know why. And that kind of uh, makes me think that the feeling isn't that connected to the, uh, uh, the color that I see. But, okay, so when you say sad, like, if I kept playing that note, would you? It would literally be like a lump in my throat, like, and that's lump in my throat type set, like genuine. And it's just A. A is the only F sharp doesn't really have that. I just know that F sharp is kind of sadder than F, yeah. but A is. Sad. Okay, so so quick related question: These notes could be arriving in some order in some uh, piece whose emotional intent was different. Yes. Does, it, does that emotional intent get constantly interfered by... The I will, so at the end of this, I kind of talk about songs as well as chords and simultaneous notes, okay? So don't, I'll get back to that. And if I don't answer your question, let me know as well. So B-flat is really fun for me. Um, it is the most disorienting, uh, and it's the, the issue with focus right now. Um, 
It is, if you imagine that you're on a dance floor uh, and there are a bunch of lights above you and they're all just different shades of blue, like they have blue filters on them and you're looking directly at them. It's great. And it's all just disorienting and moving and it's, it's, it's so fun. Uh, so by virtue, it is actually my least favorite note um, because it is the most disorienting. What's up? And can it make you nauseous? Yes. Really? Yes. <laughs> so, so this happened a lot. I wanted to torture you. Yeah, yeah. You were just write, you know, write, write a jazz yeah, piece in B flat. Yeah. So so yeah, B flat is by far my least favorite note, and it, I I don't know what came first. Uh, I'm assuming this came first, and then I was just like, I hate B flat, and therefore hate all uh, pieces that are written in some B flat key. It doesn't really matter if they're the most beautiful piece in the world. I'm just like, I am distasted. It's not songs kind of, and we'll talk about it. It's more of a collection, but it is dominated by the root note. Uh, so B is just, this is a static image, actually. There's no motion associated with it. And it's red with blue streaks. Uh, and it's kind of like D in that it's fairly boring to me, uh, in that it's just a straight up color uh, that I just see when I hear that note. So it's not that distracting, uh, unlike B flat. Um, but this is just what happens inside my brain, the best thing I could do. Is it the same picture that you see every time, or is it like a Yeah, it's, this is, this is, well, I mean, this is my drawing of it, but, uh, <laughs> so it's not this exactly, uh, but it's definitely red background with blue streaks, and the streaks are like, they're like this in that there are, uh, it's not a continuous streak or anything like that. It's like, uh, um, like floaters in your eyes. Do you know what, you, you know what floaters are, mm -hmm. right? It would just be like a ton of blue of the blue ones filling the screen and completely static. Sure, but are the floaters at the same positions? Um, I don't. I. I. It, it different might different? vary from instrument to instrument, but I think like when I hear that for a piano, it's the same you know kind of thing when I hear it for the piano in there as well. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't really no, paid that much attention to it because it is just this and it's hard. But there's no motion when I hear it, so I would assume the answer is probably no because if it weren't, then like. When I listen to a B on a grand piano or I listen to a B on a keyboard, it should be different, uh, but it's not. Um, so. What's How about octaves apart? Octaves do very little, um, like other than um, for the ones that are more dynamic, maybe it's slower. Uh, that's the best thing I could say. Like I can definitely tell what octave something is, um, but I think that's more of a learned habit. Uh, but it's the same color and things like that. So in-betweeners, and no one's asked this question yet. Uh, so what happens if I'm directly in between a note? So I'm directly in between a C and a C sharp. What goes on inside my brain? So this is the best example I can give. How many people have seen this image? Okay, cool. So the idea behind this image is, depending on who you are and what day of the week it is and how hard you really try, you can either convince yourself that this woman is rotating clockwise or she is rotating counterclockwise. And a couple days ago when I was playing with this frequency thing and I just put it directly in between, using the 440 tuning, if people know what that is, um, I put it directly in between a C and a C sharp and I could convince myself it was a C sharp and feel the things associated with the C sharp or I could convince myself it was a C and feel the things associated with the C. And if I move the slider in any direction, uh, I, the feeling from the C just completely dominates. And I do know, like if I'm listening to a sharp C, but not a C sharp. I know that it's a sharp C, but the image is the same, so that's more of a recognition type thing. Like that's more of a memorization type thing. Um, but the it's it's not a smooth transition. There's a discontinuity actually. This is we're physicists, right? There's a discontinuity between each note. Um, so back to the question that Neil asked: What about songs and chords and simultaneous notes? 
So songs are overwhelmingly the color or feeling of the root note of the so, key that so they are. Ryan, I didn't understand that. So if you're at, if you're in a bit, in between note, yes, is it does it kind of fluctuate back and forth? No, it's 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 in the same way that when I look at this picture, oh, yeah, I can I'm not fluctuating back and forth between thinking it's clockwise or counterclockwise. But if I really focus and try to see it counterclockwise, I see it, and there's no preference either. It's literally like like. If you guys, the, the most recent example is the... Uh, it's, it's like uh, all kinds of optical uh, yes. rivalry things, and they usually kind of flip-flop back and forth between one and the other, yeah. depending on which... How you're feeling that which day. Which processing yeah. circuits. <laughs> yes, yeah. Out, one gets tired, the other one Yes, exactly. So, it's, so it's, you don't have something like that. No, it would be, it's, it, but it's not, it's not instant, like you described. It's not a constant oscillation, uh, and I have some control over it. But in the same way that when I look at this for the first time, Right? Just not thinking about it, look at it for the first time. It's either going to be clockwise or counterclockwise, and I can't tell you why. And it's not going to swap, but sometimes it does just randomly swap between, and sometimes it's, you know, if I'm listening to it. Like uh, yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, and that's the best example I can give for in between right. notes. What's what, about, what about relative minors? What do you mean by that? Like, so Stairway to Heaven is in the key of C, but it starts on the relative minor for the key. Yes. Do you hear the C or the A? Uh, the A. The A. Okay. And I think that's mainly because the intro is in A minor, but I don't, and like the solos are in A minor and things like that, mm -hmm. uh, that are uh, uh, like that. So it is like the most common note in the thing, probably. Like, if it is some sort of. So it's not really the root, it's just whatever the most. Like, yeah, for me, yes, yeah, the yeah. The most thematic note would probably okay. be the better thing to say. Uh, and also, spoiler, because I haven't actually said that. So the best example I could give for songs is Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven, where the song is, uh, uh, it's A minor, uh, and, uh, or is C major, as he said, they're relative. Um, and uh, for me, that song is sad, both because it's in a minor key for most of it, so it's a very sad song, but it's also in A. A is sad for me, and every single time I think of that song, it is just washed with yellow. It is like everything I could imagine about that, there is a shade of yellow associated with it. And I think that is just uh, like, and not like, that's me thinking about it. Me actually listening to it, it might just be like I'm dominated by the yellow from the A's. Um, but as I like think of the lyrics of it and things like that, uh, most of the stuff is just kind of over a yellow filter or things are just yellow for no reason. Um, basic chords are very similar to this. What's up? I was going to say, when I listen to it, I become sad because I remember that they didn't write it. Oh, oh, yeah, I'm not actually a huge Zeppelin fan, so ha-ha, I don't, I don't care. Uh, no, that, that, I mean, that's fair. Um, but so basic chords are very similar, um, but there's more influence from the other notes because songs can be all over the place, but if I listen to C major, it's dominantly, um, uh, well, C major is a terrible example because E is gray and G is kind of beigeous white and C is also white. So if I'm listening to that thing, it could just be the perfect combination of all of them, but it would just see itself as a C anyways. Um, but I'd say C minor is uh, uh, like I have a small feeling of the E flat in there, but it is mostly dominated by the C. And if people don't know what I'm talking about, I'm just describing some, you have, you know, chords and hopefully most people know what chords are. And there are root notes in those chords, and those are the things that kind of define the chord uh, up to a point. And I'm saying those are the things that I feel or see the most when I listen to them. So more complicated chords, I just said major and minor. There are a lot more uh, types of chords than major and minor. Um, they're usually a mess for me uh, in that I can't discern outside of, like I said, Gs or I got them. Right? If there's a G there, I see it. I, I've, I've got it instantly. Um, but listening to a bunch of stuff at once 
it's very hard for me, and it's mostly just like white noise or gray or fuzz or something like that. It's like, um, oh man, if we go back to our my little B flat example, um, it would be like that, except all the colors and just flying in my face. It's it's obviously it's disorienting for anyone because if somebody smashed a bunch of keys together, it probably doesn't sound very good. Um, but I also can't really do much with it. So side effects may include difficulty focusing. So this is the part that Laney asked a question about. I think there is always a process going on in the back of my head that is dealing with this. And I can always think, and people's voices also have this, right? People, When people talk to me, there is some, it is, like I said, because of the, uh, uh, a, a voice is a beat, right? Which is just a ton of frequencies together, which you can imagine just being slamming your uh, hands on the keyboard. Um, and so it is, but everyone's is kind of a different flavor and it still happens in my brain, even though I can't make anything out of it, I can't do anything with it, it still happens. So when people talk to me, a lot of the times I lose focus because I'm caught up by the overwhelming, uh, uh, whatever it is, the feeling or the, the projection of this mess in my brain. Um, and I've gotten much better at dealing with it now that I'm older and it's more dull. What's up, Neil? Is this related to the ADHD that you saw? Uh, yes, <laughs> I, I, I believe that it is. Though the AD, like these were separate things. I was at the doctor for ADHD, and I offhandedly mentioned this, but there's no way for him to have known like uh, exactly what was going on inside of my head. Um, but I think that it is heavily related. And going on that, I cannot multitask in the slightest. Now I can obviously talk and move around and do things, but I cannot play piano and sing. I cannot separate out my hands on piano because it always feels like there is some other process going in my brain that prevents me from being able to separate things out. And people are like, and I've talked to a ton of people about this, I'm like, oh, all you have to do is practice these exercises and do these things. I can't even practice the exercises to get to the point where I'd be able to do it with hard songs. I cannot play twinkle, twinkle, little stalk at different tempos on my hands. Like I cannot do it for the life of me, and I can't sing, and I can't, well, I can't sing and play piano, nor can I really sing that well either. But, uh, <laughs> And there are just, and, and what the effect of this is, I'm usually hyper focused on something, and if somebody comes in and like talks to me, uh, I don't notice them or see them at all because there's a lot of stuff going on in front of me, and my brain is dealing with other things, so things that are in my peripheral uh, are less, uh, I'm less susceptible to noticing them, I guess. Um, so a lot of people see that as me just being a dick, and uh, you know, that's what I am. Uh, what's up? Can we have a competition to see whose voice is the most annoying? No. No, let's not. <laughs> the movie, the movie Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> um, and as I mentioned with the B flat, but also in general in loud and colorful places, it's overwhelming. Um, and also can make me nauseous. So a QCD uh, conference. Yes. Uh, that's for a different reason. <laughs> um, but it is, it, is, uh, it is a lot, especially in casinos and arcades and things like that, where there are lots of beeping and none of them, a lot of them are in between notes, by the way. That's a lot of fun. All the beeps you hear, a lot of them are just not actual notes. And so there's like the process of what Lanny mentioned, maybe something trying to swap between, and it's happening all the time, and also it's very bright, and maybe there's a B flat somewhere, and it's just, it's disgusting, and it's difficult. So I don't spend very much time in casinos or arcades. What's up? So when you say colorful places, you don't mean you associate the color with the note as well. So like if, if I show you red, you won't see a beat. No, no, no. That, that is, a, and also I should have mentioned that way before. Uh, this is not commutative. So this is I hear and then I see. This is not I see and then hear, right? And there are versions of synesthesia where you see and then hear, but this is the other way around. And I can't, like obviously I can look at that red and be like, oh, that's a D, right? But that is just only because I know that a D causes the red. 
And uh, that is me just, you know, remembering that. That is not a forced thing at all. It's not, or that is a forced thing, rather. Make sense? What's up? Um, I think two things. Um, I think it is related to your ADHD because ADHD is all about inhibition and you're not, and it's like all your sensories are just overwhelming and mm. you're not able to really inhibit it out. And I think that's kind of the same thing with like focus of ADHD is a big one. Yeah. But then as well as I think that the difference with like synesthesia and like memory is right their inputs. Yeah. So like it would go, if something for vision would go to your occipital lobe and it would also go to your auditory cortex. Um, while like if you're remembering something, it would just go to your occipital lobe and then it would go to your cerebral cortex and you would remember it. Yeah. And, and this is like how that they, that's, that's a good point in that this is how they discern people that actually have synesthesia, uh, especially the projective synesthesia. Uh, with people that just have memories like this. And I haven't had my brain scanned, so I might just be making all of this up, and that's, that's not completely fine. But hopefully it's an interesting presentation anyways. Um, uh, so here's some fun facts about synesthesia. Also, that's just some nice, uh, uh, it's like the gray of the slide on. It's a side effect. It's a side effect. It's actually possible to develop synesthesia suddenly. I don't know how. I just read this. Um, so maybe you take too much LSD, and I'll talk about that in the next, uh, next thing. Uh, and it just permanently screws with your brain. Um, so it is more common in women and left-handed people. But for the women statistic, what's interesting is uh, that that was from like a 2003-2004 study, and they found it was three times more likely in women than men. Uh, and then there was a study from 2015 that said, oh, no, that's all bullshit, and there's no female bias. Um, but I chose the more interesting thing, because there's two published studies. I'm going to pick the one that's more interesting. It's like, oh, yeah, there's no bias between men and women. No, we'll say it's three times more likely in women. Um, so people, like I, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like I mentioned, uh, if you, you know, took too much LSD, you might develop synesthesia suddenly. But people who take LSD often experience many symptoms of synesthesia while they're tripping. Uh, how many people have... No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but not when it's being recorded. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't think this talk's being recorded. Oh, shit, it isn't being recorded. That's the problem. Oh. Okay, it is being recorded. I cool. Can edit out anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, cool. But yeah, I was actually supposed to record this for my mom, and I forgot. Oh no, worst, worst feeling ever. Um, and most doctors believe everyone is born with it, but as their senses develop, they separate. And we're all physicists here, right? What else is like that? The universe, the Big Bang, all the forces were together. And then as they developed, they separated. And what a beautiful transition into this man right here. Um, is Richard Feynman, actually, uh, I said Feynman. <laughs> Richard Feynman. Feynman. Uh, Richard Feynman, a bit of an asshole, but very smart guy. Also had synesthesia, and he has this very fun quote that says, when I see equations, I see the letters in colors. I don't know why. As I'm talking, I see vague pictures of Bessel functions from Yank and anybody? MD, MD's book with light tan J's and slightly violet bluish ends and dark brown X's flying around. And I wonder what the hell it must look like to the students. <laughs> so he's assuming that everyone else sees this as well, uh, which is not the case. So do we have any questions? I am done, by the way. What's up? Uh, yeah, I don't know when your class is supposed to come out. What's up? Is it the same for everyone? Like, if you see a D, it's red. Oh, no, no, definitely not. So you came in, uh, actually, the, the one that you're referring to, which is chromesthesia, is highly idiosyncratic in that it's very, very unlikely that even, you know, you know two people out of 20 
decide that C is the same color. Whereas there's this uh, other type of synesthesia called graphene color synesthesia, where a lot of people do agree that A is red, and that's just a uniform thing. Um, but I certainly, and, uh, I, I don't know what the best way to go back in slides is, um, but maybe if um, Wait, can I go to the beginning? Ah, yes. I am so, I'm so good. Everyone shout out, I'm shouting out to uh, I3 right now, if anybody has heard of I3, it's a great window manager. Um, uh, but this is just a very long way to answer the question. I'm, I'm really great at giving talks, guys, don't you worry. Okay, anyways, so grapheme color synesthesia, everyone agrees. Uh, chromesthesia, so if you look at this picture, uh, were you here for when I went through all the notes? Oh, okay, so I highly disagree with everything here, right, except for maybe the B and the E. Uh, everything else I'm just like, no, that's not even close. Um, but that's, it seems to be very common among people that have chromesthesia. They completely disagree what the notes should be and what they are uh, for that person. What's up? So I have uh, three things to say. Oh, One gosh. is a statement to our question, so I'll try to make it quick. Okay. So the first is a cool study that I heard that was done by, or experiment that was done by a um, neuroscientist called B.S. Ramachandran, who became famous um, for his book, Phantoms in the brain, he worked with people that had phantom limbs. But there was a chapter in his book also about synesthesia. Back when he was teaching and doing research, there was actually a lot of societal stigmas against things like this. Like if you're just, you know, what, what is this weird thing? It must be some kind of insane. So he was teaching a class and he happened to mention synesthesia. And later on, um, several of his students came to his office and said, uh, I, we think we have synesthesia. So mm. he was like, all right, I need to design an experiment to decide whether this is just a memory association or you guys actually see this. So these people have like projectors. So yeah. Actually see these colors. And one of them had something like a graphing uh, color synesthesia. So they would see certain letters in different colors than others. Yes. So the experiment was the following. There's like a, 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 like a page and you have a bunch of like T's scattered or L the capital letter L with a couple of T's in between. For any normal person, it would be hard to quickly count how many T's there are, but yeah. if you actually see them in color and not just memory association, you would be able to much more quickly. Yeah. And so with this experiment, he actually found out that these people actually see them mm. in color because the responses are much faster. Yeah. Okay, so that's just like one thing that I wanted to point out. And I think that was before the distinction between uh, projective and associative synesthesia mm -hmm. because projective synesthesia even on Wikipedia is said this is the more common version of synesthesia yeah. and arguably like you know people who have associative synesthesia it's a lot harder to do something like that yeah, yeah. right it's like oh I feel that this thing is this color or there's something happening inside of my brain yeah, yeah. right uh, yeah. I'm not actually seeing anything yeah. um, so it is it is interesting I think with the auditory tactile like I I would bet that there is something going on for uh, for specifically for me uh, with the C and the C sharp um, and the E flat is, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea, yeah. but. Uh, and so the first question that I had has to do with like graphene to whatever else synesthesia. Mm -hmm. um, if you imagine that uh, synesthesia is a actual like cross wiring of mm -hmm. different parts of the brain that are responsible for different senses, you would imagine that that kind of wiring happened like you were born with it and it, it was not separated. But graphemes or letters, like capital A, small A, these things are something that are learned yes. at a very young age. So, yes. so what's going on with, with that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, hold on, let's go back, hold on guys. 
There was a disclaimer at the beginning of this, right? I have no idea what I'm talking about. That is incredibly interesting to me, though, and it kind of supports. I am not a firm believer of this is something I was born with. I think maybe I was born with the capacity or something, but this is something that had to, because I didn't know what a C was. And as I mentioned, the in-between notes are very specific. It's not a smooth transition. How old were you, or, or what's your earliest? The earliest memory is as far back as I can remember, which is Louisiana, which is, oh right, that is not a good context for you guys. <laughs> um, that was when I was like three, uh, three or two, so and it was it was just hearing songs in cars. When you were yes, yeah, and it's hearing songs in cars and things like that. Um, uh, and like I have like songs that I haven't heard in 20 years that are colors, uh, and I can tell you what their colors are, right? And, and I think that that is... Uh, uh, kind of counter to what I said, but also it just seems weird to me, especially with the graphene color. Things are eventually taught, and so it, it, there has to be some combination of maybe you're born with something, and then there's something that learned that kind of uh, uh, causes to happen. What's up? I also have a quick comment and then a question. So with you and music, we don't really have the opportunity of going and finding a new note that you've never heard before and seeing what it does to you. Yes. But with someone who does this letter thing. You can imagine teaching them a new language or just any non-Latin alphabet and seeing how, like, whether or not it comes on in the new script, yeah. or how gradually it does, or if at all. I'd be interested in seeing. Yeah. That. I don't know if you've heard anything. So a comment about that is like Feynman's quote right there was very specific, right? He said, uh, you know, I already forgot the uh, light tan J's and X's and W's or something like that. He only had three letters there. And from that experiment that you just described, it also sounds like maybe it's just the teeth or something for that person. It doesn't have to be every single grapheme has this association. Um, so again, that kind of goes along with the learn thing. Is something happened while you were learning it that allowed you know this sensation to uh, be brought about. But that would be a very interesting, you show somebody a brand new character, a brand new uh, thing they've never seen, um, and if it does, if it looks dissimilar to anything they've seen before, I would imagine that nothing happens. That would be my my bet. Yeah, it sounds like. Uh, uh, but he has a question. question. Sorry, um, what was it? Oh yeah. So, is there any time dependence to this? Like, are some days worse for you than others, or is it um, just always the same? I would say the only time dependence has been the decay of the feelings um, over time. Like as I get older, it's more dull, um, which is almost sad. Um, but <laughs> but not with the B flat. It's pretty happy with the B flat. Like I can handle it more. But when I was younger, it was tough. Um, so I'm better at focusing than I was, and things like that. Um, but I can still do, you know, I still enjoy some of the benefits of having it, but and also the the unfortunate parts of it are dull. Back. I have like two questions. Uh, the first one is someone who's better at music can correct me if I'm wrong, but the A is like was only decided like what the frequency of the A should be in like yes the mid 1900s. Yes, so that's what I mentioned in 440. When I was doing the, when I was doing the between note thing, that was for 440. So have you listened to like an, uh, a piece that would like would be performed with the older? Like, yeah, it, so that would still so going back to what I said where there's a discontinuity, that wouldn't be as much of an in between note. I'm talking directly in between. But if something is close to an A, I know, and if all the notes are close to what they are, I know that they are that thing because that's the thing that I see. Um, but I also have some, for some reason, I know it's flat or I know it's sharp, uh, based off of the 440 tuning. Uh, so a lot of like, uh, there's one uh, band called City in Color um, that does some of their stuff in a slightly sharper uh, A, and it's it's disgusting to me. But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a thing. Like, so, like, so the other thing is, uh, maybe you don't know if like, this would be like, more when you're researching. So I can imagine with, like the feeling you get with an uh, E flat or a B flat could potentially be like, uh, B flat's not really a feeling. So E flat and B flat are are 
so E flat's the feeling where it's like a genuine stomach thing. B flat okay. is a visual overwhelm okay, okay. thing. So like maybe some nausea associated with that, okay. but that's an association. Whereas the E flat, I'm just like being obviously yeah, yeah, it probably yeah. might be independent of your question, but I don't want to lie. So sure. Okay. So, so for the E flat, you can imagine that being a projective like balance synesthesia. Maybe? Yes. Yes. That's actually if we're talking if balance the because. You know, if we say we have more than five senses, one of them, yeah. one of the most common things extended beyond five senses is our sense of balance, right? So it very well could be something like that. Okay. I, was, I was trying to figure out because it seemed like with the maybe just not thinking about it well, the term projective would be. I can only think about them in terms of senses that we experience consciously, like mm. sight, sound, color. Yeah, you know, something like like proprioception, like where your body is in relation to other things. Yeah, I was trying to think about like what that would, what projective. Synesthesia would be, would be like with yeah. that specific sense, and I couldn't really. I don't yeah, know, are are some forms of synesthesia more likely to be projected to be seeing like? Oh, certain. I mean, I, graphene color synesthesia is probably like people, and that's like it's the OG synesthesia, and it's existed since before. Probably this idea behind associative synesthesia came up, and that's a newer thing. So people, like, if I said I had associative synesthesia, some people might be like, you don't have synesthesia, you idiot. Um, but projective synesthesia was like the original synesthesia, and that was mostly with the graphene color synesthesia, the most common example of it. And those people were straight up, as, as Neil mentioned, they're you know, picking out the T's, they see the color associated with that T. Um, is anybody okay? Also, just I'm going to ask you guys a question for the the uh, ordinal linguistic personification. Does anybody do that in here? Because I genuinely feel like it's a very common. No one does. Like, nobody nobody likes the word moist. Way? Yeah, no one likes the word moist. Right? That's more of a societal thing. <laughs> 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 well, we all have it. <laughs> yeah, everyone's got it. It's the association with um, like uh, some order type thing, like a number or a weekday or a month, uh, with a personality. Uh, yeah, not something like that. You're right. Like I said, oh, we're all kind of like that as a joke. Cause, but that is obviously a societal imprint. Like if everyone loved Mondays, then we wouldn't think of that thing uh, as sad or upsetting or whatever. So if you ask me, I have uh, like colors and personalities and genders associated with, uh, well, I have colors associated with letters genders associated with colors, and personalities associated with numbers, but I know that this is not really synesthesia mm -hmm. because I think I kind of like came up with these things when I was a kid. And some of it has to do with the little uh, blocks of letters yeah. that I was playing with, and so the letter color association comes from that. But I don't know like this would be Yeah, now. so this, this is why like, it, it's such an interesting thing because that happened to you when you were a kid, you were learning about these things, and the people with graphene color synesthesia where they're actually projected, you know, if they're shown a brand new character, like I said, I feel like you, you if it's not like anything, you would just think it's black, right? So the question is, at, at, does at some point it just turn into a color for you, even at, you know, 30 years old or something like that? Uh, and I, I don't know the answer, but I think that, would you then say that is synesthesia or that is something that is learned? Uh, and I, I, <laughs> I have no idea, but these are, it's very interesting. I think it's a very interesting condition. So what about totally abstract things, you know, like, Thoughts are purple. Would that be something that falls in that category? I so, I, what is the sense associated with thought? Conscious, like, <laughs> like, like, do we consider consciousness a sense? I mean, this is it's a good question, and I feel like if there are twenty-one senses, maybe that's one of them. Uh, so then, I would imagine there is a sense. Well, if we consider it a sense, then there is an association with it. Like a certain thought is like, but how do you characterize thoughts? Like, what are the elements in the set of thoughts? 
right? That is, that is a very difficult thing where I can say, what are the elements in the set of colors? That's a very easy thing for me to define. But thoughts is, it's very abstract, so I don't know, uh, I think. It's, you know, in, in the sense where you said before, when you take too much LSD or some abstract things become yeah. colorful in a way. Yes. So, you know. I've, 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 I've I've yeah, I can't somebody. speak to it either. Yeah, really yeah. <laughs> my journey yeah. 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 could address that. Yeah. That's why you like QCU. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I, I, I would be interested in, in something like that because I don't like, because the synesthesia definition has already changed recently with this new edition of associative synesthesia. Uh, and maybe that goes into a different set for abstract things, like very abstract things. Um, but I'm not, I'm not sure. That's all I got. Any other questions? Yeah, you mentioned oh. in. Oh, sorry. Uh, but the, either one, I'm I'm not assertive enough. Go for it. Okay. Um, does this mapping remain constant, consistent throughout? Oh yes, yes. Uh, as far as I can remember, A has been yellow and things like this, and it's like never. And I I wish I could remember when this happened initially, like because I believe that at some point something happened that caused this to happen, uh, but I can't do that. I just know that A is yellow, right? It's weird. What's up? Do you have any associations with like percussive sounds? Yes, yes. Because uh, I mean, like in the same way, any any percussionist people in here? You know, you can tune drums, right? Uh, those are notes, right? Like like it is a G. Uh, and then there are percussive sounds like claps and whatnot. Uh, there there are sometimes flavors, but a lot of the time I say flavors in the worst sense because this is a talk on synesthesia. I shouldn't be using that word. Um, but there's something there uh, if it is dominated by the frequency that I, you know, like a G or something. I would be like, oh, that snap sounds like a G. So it still maps to the like the fundamental pitches. Yes, yeah, it still it still does. It's it's just mess in the same way that slamming your hand on the keyboards is a mess. Like any noise, I would say is it's doing something. But most noises are not. Um, uh, uh, notes, right? Yeah. They're not like well-defined notes. They're just, uh, you know, a bunch of frequencies together. Are uh, you you? What's up? Um, yeah. So you mentioned in passing that there are like pros and cons, or there's advantages and disadvantages to having this. Can you give a funny story or any <laughs> any uh, <laughs> any example, really? Of, uh, okay, you already have one in mind. No, no. I'm just looking at. Uh, 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 so when I was in high school, I was a bit of an egomaniac. Um, <laughs> so I, I, at some point, I might have said, hey, I'm Ryan, I have perfect pitch. And then my, my uh, sister's boyfriend, Blaine, um, uh, has made fun of me since, because I did, I did say that a decent amount. Uh, not to like different, different people, but as I encounter people, I'm like, hey, I'm Ryan, I have perfect pitch. That's the cool thing about me. Now I try and keep it on the download, because uh, it is, you know, a lot of people ask a lot of questions about it, and it's great, but it's also time consuming. Um, and I didn't, I haven't really, so this is another thing. I would not, like I mentioned earlier, I would not have given this talk had Neil not messaged me. And the only reason that Neil knew about it is because Matt, the graduate advisor, told him. And uh, that's, it was in my statement of purpose, uh, which is something that's supposed to be fairly, you know, I don't think we're supposed to be flying around other people's statement of purpose and saying, hey, that's this guy. One of the early lessons you got from being in this department. Yeah. Something well, to be honest, that, that only happened because I was pestering Matt to give a talk. Ah, okay. He was deflecting. He was like, oh, yeah, go talk to Ryan. You like neuroscience, right? Go talk to him. Yeah, so, but, um, for for actual stories, I mean the you know the guitar teacher thing is interesting to me because it means my piano teacher was like literally just kind of threw me because 
the two ways that we would do music theory is she would put me in with a with a on a computer and I would like play these little game things uh, and like make music and like what note is this and it would be on the screen and I was just like oh that's a C uh, but it would also play the note and I would know that it's a C but I'm like why is it showing me it on a staff that it's a C when it's also playing the note but I never like I'm a kid I don't really care about these things so my piano teacher is kind of at fault and I quit piano lessons very shortly after the the guitar thing because I'm like yeah this is uh, like, I don't think that's okay that my piano teacher went so long without noticing something like this. It means that she just, like, kind of didn't, maybe she didn't care. I don't know. But I don't really have that many interesting stories other than um, I threw up in a Wendy's once uh, due, to, uh, due to a constant uh, off-pitch B-flat that was just uh, with, a, with a ringer. Um, and that, that happened a lot. Also, I was also, uh, it's by the skate park, and I was also, like, you know, tired and looking for water and things like that. So it's not like the worst feeling in the world or anything like that where I just have to throw up. But if there's something that's close to me, like if I'm close to throwing up anyways and then a B flat, just sort of, especially not a tune B flat comes through, um, I'm gonna feel it. Uh, and so, yeah. What's up? Okay, so you don't have to answer this question. What? You don't have to answer this question. That is not a great way to start the question. <laughs> See you guys later. <laughs> So have you ever taken psychedelics and seen what it is? No, no, I actually, I genuinely haven't. Um, I've, I have smoked weed before. Oh God. And like, it is, it is very, very strong for me. And, and maybe it's just like a tolerance thing, but I do have like some, if I shut my eyes, like it's crap. Like if and I'm listening to something and I shut my eyes, it's insane. Yeah. It's like, it's indescribably overwhelming even no matter what i'm listening to it's not really a function of you know having a lot of b flats in it or something like that yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. i don't find that too su surprising because i mean i think even normal people like you just smoke weed something like you just yeah you listen to music you'll be able to, yeah I think the, and these look like involuntary visualizations they're yes. not like imagining yeah uh so i can imagine that in some way there's like a continuum between the sort of normal brain and the synesthetic brain, and it can be like I'm offended. Ah, yes, okay, there we go. And psychedelics could be a way to just kind of temporarily, yeah, to switch it between, yeah. Um, I guess that it sort of also ties in with what Elena said that it's your lack of inhibition that sort of plays in your synesthetic abilities. So when you take a psychedelic drug, you're you do have few uh, a, a lower power of inhibition. Yeah, whatever, so, whatever that. I guess that would make sense. In a way, sort of like naturally, it's it's kind of like you're looking you're looking for something, so you find something, and partway between you didn't know that it happened and it happened anyway. So this okay, long detour. It sort of tied in when he also talked to me about like should I give a talk and like, people associate with it. And the one thing that he told me is I don't know. If, I've always seen C to be cloudy, or is that it's the first memory map of me seeing C cloudy. And then my argument was, if you never knew about music theory, or you grew up never listening to music at all, and the first time in your life when someone plays a C note, you feel cloudy, that's the telltale sign that you were synesthetic. Not that we taught you to be cloudy and associated with C. Gee, that sounds like um, this uh, philosophical thought experiment that I've heard before, Devonchu, uh, called Mary's Room. Have you ever heard of <laughs> He really wanted me to bring uh, Mary's Room up. Um, it's, if, you, if you've heard of Qualia's, 
Uh, it's, it's, and I'm not going to go into this because this is where I get five. Uh, but they're very interesting and you should Google them. And it's kind of, I think qualities are probably why it's so hard for me to talk about these things. Uh, but even though there is a nice map to a normal sense, so I can just say things and have pictures, but I, you know, as he said, if I hadn't had any experience with music at all and I hear a C for the first time, I'm betting that it's not cloudy. He's betting that it is cloudy. And I mean, we, we just fight about this. Um, just imagine, like, what if your parents had played all lullabies in, like, semitones? <laughs> <laughs> I would be a, a different kid. <laughs> Any other questions? All right, cool. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, so you said you can be or train to be synesthetic? Oh, that was, uh, um, uh, you can suddenly develop synesthesia. Didn't look into it at all. Basically, all those fun facts, I Google fun facts about synesthesia and kind of perused the first couple of things that came up. And one of them was, uh, you can develop it. I think that something might have to happen. Uh, <laughs> like, you might just... Like taking LSD. Or take LSD. Is there, like, legitimate research that's been... Kind of There's very little legitimate research that I have put, like I didn't cite anything and so this is my fault and for not doing an extensive amount of research into the stuff that I looked at, right? Like the whole women having three times more likely, I said there are two conflicting things already. And that was really the only thing that I checked, uh, whereas the other things I didn't really check. So if someone said it, I assume that there's at least something there that you could find on Google about how that might happen. My guess would it be some like, um, uh, maybe uh, you're put into a coma or something like that, and maybe people's voices uh, develop colors. And things. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. So it might have to be extreme brain trauma. So Ryan, I have one one question here. So is there any, in the neuroscience community is there any consensus involving about maybe you don't know this, but yeah, I was going to say you've already prefaced this question okay. with uh, <laughs> something, but I'll do my best. I mean, a lot of what you're saying sounds to me like uh, you know some of the areas that develop as the brain develops, maybe they're overlapping, and there's some of this crosstalk going on. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I've always thought it was. But a lot of what you're describing sounds like it could be neurotransmitters. Uh, if you have more or less of one or the other, mm -hmm. you know, we have like, what, 30 or 40 neurotransmitters in our brain. And maybe Those are numbers. too much or too little of one of them. People that have this, I don't know. I mean, is there any consensus developing? I, I am not aware of that. And even, I mean, what you just described is like, uh, you describe it in a way that was more sophisticated than I was aware of it, which is uh, they just said as your senses develop and no context of the brain well, itself. Senses develop means, well, I mean, obviously you're not born with everything wired out. That yeah. is continuing until, until your 20s. Yes. And then starts decaying thereafter. I can testify to that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but a lot of it, a lot of what happens is obviously controlled by the uh, neurotransmitter. Mm. Said, in fact, the one thing you mentioned sounded like dopamine. Sensory areas are in this area, and 
you know, the direct tactile sensory. But language is spread all over the place, and sound too. And it's just, it just seems like it's just the connection between. Uh, so you've got emotion, uh, motion sensitive, motion sensitive. Yeah, which some, is a very and that's a very specific note vision, as well. So the visual cortex, yeah. right back here, and uh, and uh, and color, color. I don't know where that comes in. I don't know where the process that comes in. Frankly, I thought that happened in the red. Or <laughs> maybe at some point along the way, all the color sensitivity comes in. Mm. And, and, uh, but you know, but your sense of hearing is spread all over the cortex, and the chances for that to get mingled with something else seems like it's very great. Mm. So I don't know, but that could be again. Is it because and, and it's not everybody's wired the same, obviously. And so there's a little variability. There's some general patterns that are pretty much the same for everybody. Mm -hmm. and so I just wonder. This seems like an extraordinary opportunity to get a little bit of a yeah. how the yeah. brain is wired up. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm happy to get my brain uh, hooked up to something and, and figure it out. Help, help people figure this out because it you is incredibly interesting. Brain out, I say? Uh, I'm not so happy about that. I'll say I would like my brain to remain intact uh, and I would like to get paid lots of money. Uh, Blaine, I saw you had a question. Oh, I was just going to build off what he said about developing synesthesia. I've had a few people in the music world talk to me about developing perfect pitch and their whole, the new technique now that people are trying to do is like take each individual note and like associate a certain feeling with it and just like keep telling yourself, this F sharp feels really sad. This is really sad. <laughs> that was me actually, yeah. Does that really work? I, I mean, I, don't know. I, I, I can't that. attest to that, but I have no control over A being sad, right? I, and that's like the one, like I said, that's the most emotional. Most of them aren't. Uh, like I said, F sharp is sadder than F. Um, but A being sad is like a definitive characteristic of A for me, and I did nothing for that. Like I had, I had no like, oh yeah, I think A is sad. Oh yeah, I think A is sad. And this is like one of my earliest memories is A being sad with respect to synesthesia. Uh, but and I'm pretty sure yellow as well. But I, that is like, I'm, I'm... so for people who are trying to develop perfect pitch or synesthesia. Uh, what would be your advice to them? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think I think like the brain is very powerful, and I think that that idea, if you fully committed to it, if you fully like just every time you just listen to an A and then saw a sad picture, listen to an A and watch the math sad picture, and you did that repeatedly, I would bet that every time you heard an A, you would get something. It might be very light. Uh, and I mean, again, not an expert, and honestly, if anyone's a neuroscientist in here, they probably hate me, because uh, I'm just saying stuff, but that seems reasonable because that's how practice works, that's how training works in general, so it seems like that might happen. And I know about, for developing perfect pitch, like, uh, a lot of people do do that association thing. Um, I haven't heard the association thing working for perfect pitch, but um, a few musicians that I do know that have a really good sense of relative pitch and are also, like, fairly familiar with their vocal range, can use like where their break is or sort of like where certain notes feel in their voice to be able to then like go from there to the interval that they're hearing and kind of get like a rough mapping yeah. of where the pitches are. They don't have perfect pitch yeah. though. Yeah, and putting an emotional thing behind it helps you like, like submit yeah. that. Right. that uh, so one comment about that is actually Alex who just walked out. He knows what an A is. Like he knows exactly it's A and he can sing it every single time. Um, and from that, he can get all the other notes if it takes some time, but he can get there, right? And that's really like, you know, if you're quick enough, you can have, you know, you know exactly one note and you have really good relative pitch, you can convince everyone you have perfect pitch. And the people that don't know what I'm talking about, relative pitch is what it sounds like. If I'm given a note, I can get every other note based off of that. So if I'm given an A, then I can get every other note 
based off of that. Um, and that could seem like perfect pitch if you're quick enough. Uh, but with this uh, throat thing, that's actually really interesting. If you know, like, because you don't actually have to fully sing the note, right? You can just kind of like try it, yeah. and, and then so that's 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 clever. I would have, like I could have been you know trying to do that for years, and never would have thought of that. Um, but any other questions? Hello. What because of Simpsons is your least favorite song? Least favorite song. Who? <laughs> this is gonna upset people. The killer somebody told me. <laughs> uh, uh, um, and it's because it's a loud song, right? It's overwhelming. It's in B five minor, <laughs> so uh, it is. It is. It is. It is tough. Um, um, but yeah, I also love the Killers, and I like. It's it's weird. Like I like the song, but I also it also makes me feel like something. So it's, it's. But because of synesthesia, that would be. What's up? What's your favorite? Song? <laughs> one of it. Welcome to the Black Parade, because oh. G is so resonant. G is, if you if you know the first note of G, right? That's like the first note, and if you ever to remember a note, it's that one because it's just uh, it's 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 there. And that might be why it's so resonant with me as well. It's just because that was one of my favorite songs growing up. So, uh, but obviously, G was page before that. So, any other questions? What's your favorite color? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you generating my, you know, my Tinder profile or something? I have a girlfriend. Uh, but, all right. What's the name of your pet dog? Just <laughs> I don't have a pet dog. I What's have a cat and she sucks. All right. Well, I'm done. Thank you very much for coming out here, though. Thank you for joining us today in the Room of Lives. Take care until we get to hang out again.